Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And we are back from the All-Star break. I'm Scott Evans. He's Nick Lawson. Uh, And this is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. And the Reds have uh, kind of forgotten how to play baseball the last uh, four games. Uh, We were going to talk about the 2015 All-Star Game this week. uh, But I I think it's more prudent, especially after the last four games, as we're recording this on Tuesday, July 20th, uh, to talk about the trade deadline. Yeah, it's about that time. About that time. I went to two games over the weekend. You went to one with me uh, last night that was just brutal. I stayed to the final out as well. Poor guy. <laughs> so, so we're going to look at the Reds. Uh, we're going to look to see what it would look like if they're going to be complete sellers, what it would look like if they're going to be buyers, and... Uh, then we'll discuss what they should do at the end and what they can do. And my first rant, though. Uh-oh. So something uh, season ticket holders got. This is totally a first world problem. <laughs> but something that season ticket holders got for not uh, canceling their tickets last year with the uh, COVID season and, you know, um, rolling it over to this season is we got a 10% concession credit to use throughout the season. You can't use it for the all-you-can-eat seats, but that's a different story. I, I don't know why. I'm like, just give me four games, all-you-can-eat. I got, I got, you get all the soft drinks, 20 hot dogs, which I wouldn't eat anyway, and 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 there, life would be good. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it, it gave me an opportunity to try some things. So I went to the Fry Box, which used to be one of the best values in the ballpark. It was like a half pound of fries, chicken, and or or um, pork. And, you know, and then uh, with what, whatever sauce, either barbecue or uh, buffalo chicken. They used to have something else, too, at the fry box. This year they added s'mores fries. I didn't want to try that. But uh, anyway, I, I ordered that last night when I get to the stadium. Walked around the stadium. Couldn't decide what I wanted. So I'm like, I'll just go to the fry box. I, I should have got the uh, Wicked Nachos. They were cheaper and uh, I think more filling. So they loaded up, and there's like 20, there's maybe 15 French fries uh, topped with a little bit of uh, buffalo chicken dip. And uh, that was it for $12.75. So they raised the price like $3, and then they reduced the amount of food you got by like 75%. So there is the Castellini, uh, Castellini use my fry box money to sign a bullpen guy or keep Castellanos next year. You got to do something. Uh, I mean, uh, granted, I'm a fat guy. I, I need to lose some weight. That was probably the correct portion. But you, you raise the price and reduce the portion. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of life in 2021. That's how it is, man. Uh, but uh, even worse than that, the post-All-Star break Reds, they look like uh, they forgot how to play baseball last week. Yeah, they, they left all their wins in the first half. I mean, it's not just the wins. Friday night, bad defense. Last night, bad defense, bad pitching. Uh, Reds have made a n- numerous uh, call-ups and send-downs the last couple of days, uh, none of them significant. Uh, I mean, Edgar Gar- Garcia was called up yesterday, and they didn't even 
bother typing his name out on the uh, scoreboard. So when he came out, the uh, scoreboard was blank. <laughs> I tried to get a picture, but my phone died. Uh, yeah, I noticed. I was next to you. Yeah, and, and then the phone came to life on its own. Did not charge it up. Didn't have a charger. Uh, when it did that, the Reds came back, and then it died again. And, uh, yeah, all hell broke loose, and the Reds ended up losing big last night. Uh, but, no, Friday night was awful. Saturday was awful. Sunday was awful. Yesterday was uh, – there's a friend of mine on Facebook uh, that was joking when I said Reds versus Mets that minor league baseball was back. And the way the Mets played defense and the Reds pitched last night, it's kind of hard to argue. That was awful last night. I don't know what it is with the Mets – not knowing how to pick up the dang baseball. <laughs> I mean, they, they tried these shuttle passes on the ground, and it, thankfully it didn't work. Uh, the game before the Reds against the Pirates, uh, they were trying to pick up a foul ball. It was called fair, but instead of just picking it up where one run scored, off a swinging bunt that went maybe not even halfway down the line, the Pirates scored three times on that one one play against the uh, the Mets because the guy, instead of just picking it up, he flipped it up in the air. And that was simply laughable, along with last night. That shortstop had three errors in one inning. Oh, I know. It was bad. Four errors. And they were at one, four errors in the first two innings. Wow. And they still won the game with four errors. They, they did. Extra inning game, four hours, 45 minutes. I was at the ballpark from about 5.10 until midnight last night. I was asleep by about 12.30. <laughs> so, anyway, we're going to look in this uh, episode. Are the Reds buyers or sellers after the opening of the second half? I still think they're going to be buyers. Uh, we'll break it down. Uh, after this. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-417-0851. That's 800-417-0851. Paid for by U.S. Med. And we are back. Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. We're talking this week about the trade deadline and the Reds potentially as sellers. I think they're not going to be complete sellers, uh, but this is kind of what I think it's going to look like. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you do, too, if you name other players as we go through these. Uh, as far as who the Reds would sell, I mean, we're if the Reds are sellers, that means uh, t- traditionally means we're trading away our high-paid stars for other teams' minor leaguers. Well, I I have one for sure. Shogo Akiyama. Uh, I have Shogo. I have I have Eugenio Suarez. Yep. Well, let, let's talk about Shogo first. You know. He had a lot of promise coming out of Japan, but David Bell has never wanted to give him consistent at-bats, and part of it is the Reds are absolutely loaded in outfielders. Yeah, when you've got like seven outfielders, you know, you can only play three. Yeah, and, and, you know, he's making $7 million. He's not getting consistent enough time to actually get going, which I I think he needs. I think he was a starter in Japan, a perennial all-star over there, so... 
if you're looking at, uh, you know, you have Tyler Naquin. Uh, you know, I, I just coughed there. I went to hit the cough button, and I hit your cough button instead of my cough button. So apologize, everyone, for the huge cough. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Tyler Naquin's absolutely coming to his own. Uh, you have Nick Senzel, who may be uh, transitioning back to the infield. Uh, so, I mean, if you, if you do keep Nick Castellanos, uh, you know, he is someone uh, that could definitely be part of a trade. I, I think even if they're uh, buying, I, I could see them possibly using him as a piece. Yeah, that's kind of a shady area. I mean, do you, well, I mean, he's most popular player right now. What do you, do you, do you trade him or do you keep him? Do you see what happens by the trade deadline? Who knows? Where oh uh, yeah. Moving. To, I, well, I was, I was still talking about Shogo, but, Shogo but yeah. Because right now I'm off the Shogo train. You're off the Shogo train. I'm not completely off, uh, but if you are going to be making a trades, I, I could definitely see him being a piece. If you're, if you're going to be selling uh, to make room either for more spending in the off season or for whatever reason to go young, uh, which they already kind of are. But anyway, um, he's definitely a piece you can move. Uh, the big question is, what do you do with Nick Castellanos? He's a, he's a big name here now, and it's hard to put anything on him. I mean, yeah, you probably get a lot back in, in return. But, I, I mean, if you're still contending, you don't trade him away. You keep you keep that piece. you got to have him in top of the lineup. Right. Uh, and the one thing with Nick Castellanos, and I, I'm this way with most big players, is the qualifying offer rules are a little complex. I don't know if he qualifies, as I don't know if he had – a qualifying offer made uh, by the Tigers before or by the uh, by the Cubs. Uh, if he did, then he's not eligible for a qualifying offer, which means the Reds get absolutely nobody if he leaves. But, I mean, like you said, he's, he's a player. He's a leader on the team. He's a fan favorite. Uh, he's definitely the best player offensively on the team. Uh, so... So I would I would try to keep him and, and hope that uh, he would come back next year. Uh, hopefully Nick Crawl is in constant communication with him and his agent as far as what the Reds' plans are because I know uh, the money is one thing with Nick Castellanos. He deferred a lot of it, though, uh, in his contract. The, the biggest thing that he said is he wants to be a place where they're gonna, going to contend and he wants to win. So... Uh, if the Reds are going full sell mode, uh, he's not coming back. Right. If they're going to full sell, he's going to be one of them that's going to be sold. Right. So uh, the next player on my list is on your list too, and I hate to say it, Eugenio Suarez. I, I almost think this deal needs to be made uh, regardless if they're buying or selling. Uh, he's owed $45 million on his contract. He's going to be a tough player to move as a uh, mid-season trade uh, just because of the length of his contract and uh, his performance this year. It, it, I mean, if you're a contending team, would you want a 170 hitter? No. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, not the guy striking out 110 times. I, I mean, maybe the Yankees would if they were closer in contention uh, just because they, they've, they've bought those type of players before to kind of be backups and on the bench, but... Uh, yeah, he's going to be tough to move either way, but it, the it's, it's really tough. $45 million owed, including this year. 
uh, on the remainder of his contract more if they keep him in his last year, but he's not going to, he's not going to be kept unless he dramatically turns it around uh, to the levels of the uh, season that got him this extension. I mean, if I could give a hypothetical trade. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I hate those, but go ahead. I know, I know, but I got to. Suarez for Trevor Story. Uh, you Wait. know, I, 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 it's not going to happen because if the Colorado Rockies were going to be paying uh, that much money, they would keep Story. Uh, but, True. yeah. I mean, they, know, they know Suarez can hit in Colorado. Maybe. I, yeah, I, I could see that, but I think they're wanting not to spend money. I love Eugenio Suarez. I don't like the way he's been playing the last. I'm not the COVID season for everyone. I'll throw out the window, uh, but this year, uh, no excuses for a 170 hitter. No, when you play 162 games and you're hitting 30 home runs, you can't be batting 170. This isn't when Adam Dunn played in the White Sox season where he batted 160. Yeah, but he didn't have that many home runs either. He was awful with them, and yeah. I mean, Joey Votto got off to a rough start. He got injured early on, but he—I mean—he's back hitting uh, close to 260 now. Uh, Suarez has had plenty of opportunities to get his batting average uh, closer to the 225, 240, sadly league average. Uh, but 170, uh, you just—I mean—he—he's taking up a spot in the in the lineup. Uh, he's hitting like the pitchers are occasionally we'll get a home run every, you know, 20 or 30 at bats, but it's time to, it's, I don't know if he has any options to send him down, uh, just to get some work down there. Uh, but, uh, he's not major league ready right now. He's two for his last 24. And that may even be an improvement. Uh, another player on the list, which it pains me to say this because he is a great leader on the team, great defensively, but his contract is coming up. Tucker Barnhart. Hey, I love Tucker Barnhart. Great guy. Great catcher. Two gold gloves. Um, but he's going to be a free agent soon. Uh, yeah, I think he would be one a good chip if you are a seller. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he just got the gold glove. Johnny Bench presented it to him last night, one of the coolest moments of the night last night. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, how, how great is that? To How cool is that to be a catcher, win the gold glove, and then have a Hall of Fame catcher, maybe the best of all time, hand you the gold glove award? No, he is the best of all time. I, I mean, when Joey Votto won the MVP award, Walt Jockety handed it to him. Yeah, I would throw up. <laughs> you know, that same season, Walt Jockety actually got uh, executive of the year. You know, when Walt came over, we were excited. Yeah, success. Well, the the I, I don't think it was Walt's decision. I, Bob went kicking and screaming. I, I don't know if it was the Williams brothers, if it was Dick Williams himself uh, that was pushing for the, the rebuild. Um but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Walt didn't want that. Okay, so so Tucker Barnhart, this is kind of a tough decision. I thought he was a free agent after this year. Uh, he has a seven and a half million team option next year, so they could keep him for seven and a half million dollars, or there's a five hundred thousand dollar buyout. Of course, you have Tyler Stevenson, 
who the who's definitely the Reds' catcher of the future. Not anywhere near as good defensively. Offensively, he's pr- showing a little bit more power than Tucker, but uh, I mean their their stats are almost neck and neck, which is which is a great problem to have if you're a contending team to where you can keep your catchers fresh and not lose anything offensively. I mean, when's the last time we had two catchers that could hit? I would think Joe Oliver and Eddie Tobbins. I would actually say Ryan Hannigan and Hernandez. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I did forget about Hernandez. Yes, he did. And Hernandez did that opening day home run in 2000. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, both of those guys were good. Uh, Corky Miller, I mean, in you know very limited times, uh, he could he could uh, fill in that role too and kind of have those three catchers that uh, teams don't tr- typically do anymore uh, with all the analytics out there. Yeah, I'm happy with our catchers. But, uh, I mean, if you're in sell mode, I, I sadly, I think Tucker will be there. Here's one that's interesting because I don't know if there's really a market for him, but there might be uh, some teams that would take a chance on him. Uh, you're not going to get anything in return for him. Uh, I've seen enough of him in the bullpen this year. I, I like him as a person again. Uh, but he has uh, he has worse stats than another guy I personally liked. Um and had fewer better good seasons than this guy. He has worse stats than J.J. Hoover did. Amir Garrett, I, I would trade. I agree. I think uh, Amir, he just hit a roadblock this year. Not sure if it's mentally, whatever it is, but I think he would be a good bargaining chip. Yeah, I, I don't know if you, you, you know, uh, a team wants one of our, like Nick Castellanos, if we're trading him, like, okay, you got to take Amir too. Yeah, it'd be like a throw-in. <laughs> uh, the next player on the list, Sonny Gray. You know, the dude cannot stay healthy to save his life. Uh, that's, I like Sonny Gray. That's been his problem this year. Uh, looking at his uh, contracts, as I pull it up, He is a free agent in 2023, uh, making a very low uh, level of pay for a pitcher of his caliber. Only $10 million owed to him next year. I, I almost say you keep him. Yeah, I would keep. I think he's 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 due for a rebound year next year. So, yeah, I would keep him. Right. I mean, under the current contract, the Reds uh, get him for $10 million next year and $12 million in 2023. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to trade Sonny Gray because any replacement player that's going to be to that level, uh, outside of maybe Hunter Green, is going to cost you way more on the on the free market. Yeah, Sonny would be a he would be a keeper at this point. And, and kind of the same thing with Wade Miley. I didn't even bring his his name up. Uh, he has a very low dollar uh, contract. Let's see when it ends though, because uh, you know he's the best technically by WAR. If you look at the war stat, he is the best player on the Reds team this year. I think he's a free agent after the season. Yeah, if he is, then uh, <laughs> then he goes into the trade pile because uh, he's going to have uh, a little bit more value. I just don't think you get too much in return most of the time uh, when you trade players midseason. The one thing that sucks is guys that signed with the Reds for 2020 and then 2020 happened. Oh, absolutely. I feel bad for guys like Mustakas and Castellanos. And yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, because that, that did put a lot of stress on the team financially. So Wade Miley, uh, it kind of falls in the sunny gray. He's not that expensive next year. The Reds can keep him for $10 million on the option, or they have to pay him a $1 million buyout. And depending on the number of innings pitched, that could go up to $1.5 million. So for that money, I say keep him. I mean, he's he's proved to be a, a good I mean, technically a number one starter this year. I don't know if you put him in that category or not, but uh, he, he's definitely a, a solid pitcher and that doesn't cost you a lot. I mean, as, as we're recording this, Wade Miley's pitching against the Mets, and he's so far he's pitching in the seventh inning, and he's only given up one run. And uh, the last the last player on my list, Luis Castillo. Yay or nay? Do you, uh, do you part ways with him if you're going in rebuild mode again? No. Uh, you hold on to him. He's still young, and he can have a better season coming up. This year was just a wash. Yeah, he is not a free agent until 2024. Uh, his salary this year, $4.2 million because of arbitration. Next year, that's likely to go to about six or seven. Uh, but, yeah, I still think you keep him uh, uh, it's unless you absolutely think uh, Hunter Green is ready to go and dominate. I mean, we'll probably see Hunter Green by September, and then maybe we can get a good a view of how he's going to do and maybe a couple starts. But I don't think you have him to replace Castillo. That would not be the, the, the smart thing to do. Right. And uh, same with Tyler Malley. He's he's pitched really well this year, but uh, I, I don't think you trade him. He still has a lot of uh, control left by the team uh, before he goes into free agency, unless that changes with the uh, – Collective bargaining agreement, but you, you can't plan on that. Right now, he, the earliest free agency for Tyler Malley is uh, 2024. He's making uh, $2.2 million this year, so probably at, at the most would make 4 to $5 million next year, uh, which is a lot of money <laughs> to you and me, but for a Major League Baseball player, especially a, a top-of-the-line rotation guy, uh, that's not a lot. I'm not a big Tyler Malley fan. Honestly, I don't think the guy could go past six innings. Um, but but in today in today in today's game, there's a lot of pitchers that fit that mold. That's true. Um, Malley is so inconsistent, though that it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> but but uh, I, I, I I think you I think you keep him as like a number four number five guy. Yeah, I think you keep him. He's he's a four or five pitcher. He's not number one. Is there any other player that you, that you can think of? I mean, maybe Aquino. Uh, I mean, some of those guys, low salary, so you can kind of keep them along or you could add them as, a, as kind of a separate piece, but, uh, you know, Joey Votto's not going anywhere and, uh, you know, India is, is the future second baseman. So he's not going anywhere. He's, it's his rookie year. Uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, is injured. So he, you're not gonna be able to trade him. Uh, so I think we've covered I mean, Tyler Naquin possibly could be a trade chip, but, uh, again, he's not making that much. So, I mean, you could get rid of him uh, if you're in full sell mode, which I don't think the Reds are going to be. They're still two games over 500. If the game uh, keeps going the way it is right now, they're going to be three games over 500. So, I I mean, if you're going full breakdown, then, yeah, you, you trade everyone uh, that you can, that you can get some value out of. But um, I would think you could sell, you could do a trade with Senzel once he's he's healthy. He's, he's uh, yeah, 
Yeah, because he's starting to hit the arbitration years, so that that could be yeah. a possibility. And he doesn't necessarily have a have a place to play. So, but you know, you start getting rid of everybody, then you're in the same boat you were in 2016, and, and you're having Triple A players and Double A players that were not ready to to be in the big leagues. It's true. But I mean, if you look at a guy like Senzel, who had big up you know, upside to him when he came up here, but then the injuries have just taken over for him. And I think he'd be a good bargaining chip once he's healthy again. I, I can, I can see that. Well, as much as I hate the fake trades and I definitely hate selling, uh, I think we can wrap this portion of the show up. When we come back, we're going to talk about the reds as buyers, which I think they're leaning more towards. Uh, we'll talk about that next. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-473-7104. 800-473-7104. That's 800-473-7104. And we are back. We are talking Reds trade deadline. Are the Reds going to be sellers or buyers? We broke down kind of what selling would look like in a worst case scenario. Let's let's have some fun. Let's talk about the Reds as buyers. I know the Rangers have been scouting the Reds down in AAA as have the D-backs. Uh, my sources told me that uh, the Cardinals were there. I couldn't remember the name of the city. St. Louis was there. Uh, among other teams, I'm sure, looking at uh, different players. Of course, Hunter Green is not going to be on the trade block, uh, but there there could be some other top prospects, especially some of the outfielders the Reds have. Uh, we're not going to break down that because I have not watched one single inning of minor league baseball this year, so I can't tell you who's good and who isn't. Based on who the Reds have brought up in the bullpen, I don't know if they can even do that. No. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, so let's look at the Rangers pitching. There's really only one guy I see that could fit the mold of what, and I'm only really looking at pitching because in, in at the end, you, you could bring in Trevor Story. You could bring in Arenado, who's not going to, um, you bring in any player to replace uh, some of the guys that are struggling offensively on the Reds. But if you don't fix the bullpen, it's not going to matter. You're not going to be able to outslug the other other team every night last night was proof of that yeah you give up seven home runs wow wow yeah i didn't even i was there and didn't realize it was that many <laughs> they were talking about it on tv it was it gave up the bullpen well not entirely the bullpen gutierrez gave up i think two right he did yeah, and everybody else gave up more. So, well, the Rangers—they uh, were scouting. The only player that I would want from the Rangers, I think, Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy's been around a while. Well, he used to be a starter. Used to be a he's starter. Been, uh, he's, he's he's won eighteen games with the Diamondbacks. Uh, this year, he is the uh, closer. Yep. I would. I would take Ian Kennedy. Yeah, Ian Kennedy, uh, 2.59 ERA, uh, 15 saves with the uh, with the Rangers in 31 innings pitched. Uh, I mean, he, he's just doing well. Nine earned runs, only five home runs uh, given up in a ballpark that I, I do believe gives up the home run. 
and and, and thirty three strikeouts. So I mean, he's not going to be the the strikeout shutout guy, but uh, he's definitely an improvement over who the Reds have. Just be true. I mean, his ERA alone would would make me interested in him. Yeah. Now looking at the Diamondbacks. Uh, they have a, a player with a name, but he's sucking this year. Uh, they're closer, uh, five saves. Of course, you know, I think they only have what 20 wins as a team. I think they have about 25 actually. Uh, Johan's, uh, Soria, uh, but he has a 4.61 ERA. Really? The, I mean, you have, uh, Joe, uh, Mantiply. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I don't want him just because of his name, but he has a three, eight, six ERA. Uh, Noe Ramirez is with them now. He has a, a three ERA, uh, but you know, the Reds didn't like him, what they saw in him in spring training so much that they didn't, uh, they cut him. And that's the guy that they gave up Rossiel Iglesias for. Yeah, it's weird. And they wound up on the same team again for a little bit and then he got cut again. Right. Uh, so, uh, speaking of, uh, Rossiel Iglesias, uh, the angels, they never, they have all the talent in the world and they never can get over the hump. They kind of look to be potential sellers as well. He, uh, Rossiel Iglesias has 19 saves, a 3.4 ERA after a kind of a rough start with the angels. Uh, if he's available, do the reds bring him back? Would you bring him back? No. <laughs> you remember last year i remember 2019 too yeah that is true he lost what 12 games 15 games or it was yeah, right right I'm not bring it back hell no <laughs> <laughs> and really that's i mean looking at their bullpen uh you have steve uh another guy i can't pronounce his name uh sishek 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 he's uh one of those missile pitchers you know with the he, he side arms it. Ah, he has a 3.48 ERA, uh, 35 years old. I, I think he kind of would fall in with uh, some of the other. I don't know if that's really somebody you want to give anybody up for, though. Real quickly, Wade Miley just left the ball game and uh, got a standing ovation, 104 pitches. Awesome. For a second there with the Reds track record, I thought you were going to say he was uh, being carried out by the yep. trainer. No, no, he, he pitched well. Good good outing tonight. Yeah, so let's go to the uh, Reds in division. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, rumored to have everyone available, but at a high price. Uh, this guy, I don't know if it makes sense for the Pirates to trade, but it is the Pirates. When they go into losing mode, they don't seem to care about their fans or uh, any fan favorites. Uh, their closer, uh, Richard Rodriguez, 2.65 ERA. He has 13 saves with the Pirates. That's shocking, considering the Pirates. Uh, I think he's only scheduled to make about a million dollars, so if it fits in the Reds' payroll, if payroll is still constrained. Yep. But it's in it's inner division, and the Pirates are going to want a lot for him just because he's still under team control, not a free agent until 2024, only making $1.7 million this year. Uh, he is arbitration eligible, uh, but, but yeah, I, I don't know if the pirates are going to, they're not going to give him up for nothing. 
No, they're they're going to want a major league player and probably a prospect in return. Yeah, uh, I mean the the Pirates have a pretty good bullpen. They have uh, Chris Stratton, uh, two point seven six ERA. But again, all these guys are either fairly young or fairly cheap. So I don't know uh, if they're really going to move any of those guys uh, without uh, having to get a haul back in return. Yeah, it's true. I, I do have some names, if you may. Okay, go ahead. Um, you mentioned Ian Kennedy. You mentioned Chris Stratton, uh, Richard Rodriguez. I have Scott Barlow from Kansas City. I was just actually going to get to him. Yeah, see, we're thinking alike here. 289 ERA. I had Tanner Scott as well from Baltimore. Uh, that I was another. Craig, I threw in Craig Kimbrell. I'm not sure if that's ever going to be possible. Probably not. Uh, but, I mean, hopefully the Reds can. I would almost rather the Reds get, like, two or three of the cheaper guys, even if they do have to give up a little bit more, uh, just because they have some control. So it's more than just uh, 2021 when, you know, it's going to be a tough race the rest of the season after the after the way the second half got started. Uh, they're not out of it. I know people are ready to jump off the purple people bridge and delay the fireworks again, but don't do that by the way. Uh, but, uh, we advise against doing that highly, highly. Yes. But anyway, uh, but I, I kind of like the trades when it's not really a buy or sell, you get a player in return. That's major league ready. That's going to be with you a couple years. Uh, kind of like the Scott Rowland trade in 2009, when the Reds, I mean, this team reminds me more of the 2009 team than uh, any other team uh, looking back. Maybe 2006, but there's a lot more talent on this team than the 2006 Reds had. Uh, 2009, the Reds were were in it, then they kind of fell off. They'd, they'd be in it again, then kind of fall off uh, before, uh, I think they finished third that year without looking it up. Uh, it was Dusty Baker's, I think, second year as manager, first or second year as manager. So, yeah, so he was getting in the groove uh, before the 2010 run. Uh, I know they fell off way off pretty big in September because when I went to the games in September, half the concession stands were closed because they were drawing like nine or 10,000 people. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, there's plenty of options out there. Relief pitching is very tough to get, so it is going to require – it may not require Hunter Green, but you may lose uh, a couple of outfielders you're excited about. You may lose uh, Lopez, uh, who was just called up and, and sent back down. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, that might be one of the reasons why they sent him down is so uh, the, the advanced scouts uh, that are looking at these trades can get, get a good showcase on him uh, because he could be a player the Reds move to buy. Obviously, that's not a player that they would move to sell. Lopez is a lot of upside to him being a switch hitter and then be just hitting the ball like he has been. Right. Uh, the cards, I don't think the cards and reds are going to make a deal. Uh, Detroit, uh, their pitching is awful. The whole team is awful. And so I, I, I think we've covered, I don't know if the Nats are going to be sellers or not. I, I saw someone say Max Scherzer. That's not going to happen. No, <laughs> but no uh, way that's I, I really, I, th- this organization whether they're buying or selling, they've got to do something to improve the bullpen pitching in the organization. Yeah, you can't keep dependent on your AAA guys because a lot of them are inexperienced and are rookies. They're not going to cut it. You need experience. Right. So what do you think the Reds are actually going to do? 
Do you think they're going to be buyers? Do you think they're going to be sellers? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit of both? Um, I'm thinking they're going to be buyers. Uh, I'm kind of thinking how it, how it looks here in the next couple of days, especially the Cardinal series coming up this weekend. Um, if you get swept, probably going to be upselling. I, I think I think they're going to be buyers. I, I think the selling decision will be much closer to the trade deadline. I, I, I yeah. wish they would go ahead and make one trade just to get the fan base excited a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've seen teams do that already. And and we haven't done a thing really. But I mean, so far it's just been the Bra- it's just been the Braves. But like, uh, I mean, Hal McCoy wrote that he doesn't think there's going to be any additions to the bullpen just because bullpen pitchers are few and far between on the trade market. So uh, I I, I kind of disagree. I do think they'll get at least one. I, I like at least two just because uh, if you get Lorenzen back, uh, you get. Uh, uh, Lucas Sims back in full form, and you get uh, Antone back. Maybe you only do need one. I, I would like two, a, a shutdown closer, like an Ian Kennedy or uh, the guy from Pittsburgh or the the guy that you mentioned, I think, from Kansas City. I don't think he's closing there but because uh, they have Greg Holland, but who's not doing anything. I don't want him. <laughs> uh, but uh, get, get a shutdown closer. Uh, get some guys back off the injured list uh, to kind of get to your closer. And, and then things things can improve. And, you know, I've been talking about all season about why the Reds did what they did in the offseason. They lost $50 million last year because of COVID. Uh, but I, I look today kind of where attendance is, and it's been pretty good. Uh, I think the Reds are slightly over 800000 so far for the year at home. Uh, and they didn't start full capacity until June 2nd. Since they've opened up full capacity in like the first week, uh, people still weren't coming to the games for whatever reason, weather sucked, or uh, I think the Reds were in a little bit of a slump. Plus, you know, people, I wasn't like this because I was traveling last year as as safely as one can. Uh, But, you know, there's some people that are still hesitant to go out in public. Uh, So you're going to have that mixed in there as well. But the Reds have been averaging 23,000 per game. Uh, since the mask mandates were lifted, if they keep that pace, and I think it's actually going to be greater because, like I said, the first four or five games, we're still in the 10,000 range. Uh, they're, yeah. on, they're on pace for 1.6 million uh, people, which in a, full, in a regular season, that would be kind of disappointing, but uh, that's where they were in, at the end of 2018 when they started adding players uh, then. And then if, if they had averaged that... Uh, for the full 81 games, uh, they would have been at 1.8 million, probably more than that, because you had 13,000 people at opening day this year. Yeah, the attendance is down last night. I'm thinking because of uh, being a week game, a week you're during the week, whatever. Right. I mean, last night uh, they had 17,000. I, I thought it looked closer to 20, but uh, that's pretty good for a Monday, even on seasons where the Reds have been contending. Uh, it's, it's always the Reds attendance dating back to the riverfront era. And even the big red machine has always been driven on the weekends. It's just what the market is in Cincinnati. Yeah. I think even, I mean, even tonight I'm looking at the attendance and it, it seems about the same. Yeah. But I mean, 1.9 million fans, if they were in an 81 game season, that's where they would end up. That's more than they were in 2019, which uh, led to the big off off season spending going into 2020. I, I think the Reds have money. I, th- I know a lot of people are anti-Bob on social media. 
the people that know Bob, and I know a lot of them, I've met Bob personally a couple of times, had brief conversations with him, had an extended conversation with Nick Kroll in 2017 at uh, spring training at a season ticket event. Bob hates losing as much as we do. In fact, he might actually have a troll account online trolling himself over the team because he's that he, he gets angry when they lose. Uh, he's still a business guy, uh, so the the budget is the budget. Uh, but I, I do think uh, they're going to try to make a move. I hope so. They've been very poor at communication uh, on what their plan is. I, I think if they would have explained uh, things the way that, um, that I did. I know fans don't really care about their finances. They're rich guy or Bob's a rich guy. The reds are, are a, uh, very, I mean, they're on the top 200 list in, uh, in greater Cincinnati, a privately owned company. So, I, I mean, you're not gonna get a lot of sympathy for losing $50 million, but it's still $50 million, but you have a full year of TV revenues this year. Uh, baseball had the new, contract uh, that should increase revenue sharing as far as playoffs go. And, uh, you know, you're going to hit 1.6 million fans this year. And for a season that the first two months, you were limited to 13,000 fans per game, whether it was a bobblehead game or opening day or a Cubs series or a Cleveland series, which are always big draws. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Uh, the, the average Reds ticket in 2019 was $22. I, I'm pretty sure that's up this year based on the tickets I've seen on the, uh, uh, going to the app and trying to buy tickets with their, um, without my season ticket discount. So I, I think they're going to have more revenue, uh, to play with in the off season. The collective bargaining agreement is going to be the big question mark. Uh, what's revenue sharing going to look like next year? what's going to be required for teams to spend on player payroll. Uh, I think that's going to change draft picks and strategies of teams, uh, regardless of financing tanking for lack of a better word. And I know some fans say, if you're not first, you're last like uh, Ricky Bobby. Uh, that's a horrible thing for the game. You don't want to have 20 teams in a race to the bottom to try to get a draft pick. It's bad baseball. It's not good for the game. It's not good for the fan bases. Yeah, it's not football. It's not football. Um, and, you know, it's not even fun in football. I mean, how many people go to a Bengals game in, in two and ten seasons or two and sixty or two and 14 seasons uh, when December rolls around? I mean, you can't you can't give away tickets. Yeah, nobody wants to freeze and watch them lose. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, and it's the same way with baseball. It gets cold in September, and uh, who wants to go unless you're just a diehard fan? If you're the average fan taking the kids, gathering them up, you're not going to want to take them to a game where, you know, you're going to watch a bunch of minor leaguers play really bad baseball because the Reds may get a draft pick uh, that's going to play in five years. Yeah, I mean, but you want to be in, you want to play to, to get to October and to get to playoffs. You don't want to, you don't want to play. Or play, or play to win. I mean, right. Uh, when Pete Rose was manager, he never took them to the playoffs, but they were fun teams to watch each one of those years that eventually led to the 1990 team uh, with Lou Pinella. Yeah, those, teams, those, those Pete Rose teams finished second place every year. I mean, if there were wild cards back then, they probably would have made the postseason, but, I mean, would you have wanted them to lose 100 games each one of those years? No. And it, it, they, they wouldn't allow that. 
No, if he wouldn't allow that at all. Uh, well, you know, I guess if he was betting, he might. But uh, well, I mean, Pete, Pete's the winningest player ever. That is true. So, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, the point is, as a fan, we should not care about draft picks. Not in baseball. Not in baseball. You should not want to. You should. You know, it's a it's an eighty one home game season. You should want them to be at least eighty one and eighty one, winning all those home games that you go and spend your hard earned money to buy the twelve dollar and fifty cent beers, the five dollar and fifty cent alcohol free beers, <laughs> which I, I still find funny, and uh, you know, uh, oh, and, and the yeah, the twelve seventy five. Fries that are like the kid size, right? <laughs> but uh, and the and the nine dollar soft drinks that you don't get a, a refill on. The fifteen dollar beer night. Fifteen dollar, yeah, that's a discount. Yeah. But anyway, that's light beer. But I think we got off point. I, I do think the Reds they have the opportunity to buy. I think they might do a little mixture of both, which could be uh, getting rid of players like a Shogo. Uh, to give him opportunity to play someplace else. I know the Reds' business office, I know they desperately want him in the lineup, especially as COVID restrictions get over uh, worldwide, uh, just because of the amount of international business that he will bring in if he's in the lineup every day. But he's got to perform, and he's got to play before that can happen. That's true. So, but, you know, from a baseball side, the Reds have too many outfielders. Somebody needs to go. I think if they're going to, if they're going to try to try to catch the Brewers, I I think he is a perfect trade piece to try to land a a top tier uh, pitcher for that reason, because he's under control for a while and he's going to draw in fans from the international community, which will bring in revenue to whatever team Uh, that he goes to and can start. So I I think he could be a trade piece uh, either way. I think the the Reds may do a mixture of both. I think they are going to be buyers as of right now, unless they just go on like a 10-game losing streak. Let's let's hope that don't happen. Yeah, let's don't talk that into existence. They're going to go on a 10-game winning streak. There you go. Now you're talking. So I, I don't blame Bob Castellini. I don't blame David Bell. I don't really blame Nick Kroll. Right now, but if we're talking the same thing next year, uh, it's all on them. If David Bell's back, there's a lot of people on David Bell's head. Oh, I know. (laughs) Reds fans uh, are as inconsistent as this team. Yeah, well, we we haven't won in so long. We get kind of desperate. We we forgot how to win, and I think we forgot how to lose. I don't know if we forgot how to lose. We forgot how to win at some point. Anyway, I think that wraps this show up. Next week, we may talk about the All-Star Game of 2015 and get back to kind of what the plan was. But uh, I think uh, it was important to talk about um, what needs to happen going forward. I I think Suarez needs to be gone or benched or or something. He doesn't need to be in the lineup every night. Hopefully, Moustakas comes back and then kind of makes that a reality. Uh, and, you know, the Reds need bullpen help. Yeah. If that, if, if, if they do nothing either way, 
then the blame goes solely on Nick Craw. What's this? You know, the thing is, we got to take into consideration. This is his first year as a general manager. Right, but he, I mean, he's been in baseball a long time, started, I think, working the field crew, so, and then worked his way up through, uh, through the baseball operations. He's a very smart guy. I talked to him. He feels a lot of the same things we do. I think he may have incorporated a lot of the new baseball stuff that I hate. I don't care about a pitcher spin rate. I don't care about launch angles. I, I want base hits and driving in runs. And there has to be a, some happy medium between the analytics side and the playing. Just play baseball, have fun. See the ball, hit the ball, as Pete Rose would say. Yes, exactly. Line drives. Uh, when when players hit line drives, whether you're Billy Hamilton or Joey Votto, uh, all the analytics go up. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, the, the, the sexy thing's been launch angles and hitting the ball out of the park and playing very boring baseball. You know, as a hitter, you need to find green. Absolutely. So until next time, go Reds. Go Reds.